on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hacker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We give you the latest OU roster updates, including some more portal action. We break down our initial thoughts on OU's 2024 schedule, and we finish up with our winners and losers of the week, where we talk some thunder and OU hoops. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Sunday, December 17th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of December, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this Sunday morning, Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. We have a couple of sponsorship slots still open for 2024. So if your business is interested in sponsoring the podcast as OU embarks on their journey to the SEC, you can email us at the Oklahoma Breakdown at gmail.com and we will get you all that information. Ted, we got a lot to talk about, man. We that that's just that's just college football. Now there's always stuff to talk about. It's amazing. Yeah, that's what I was about to say when you when you're talking about as we embark on our SEC journey. It's like if if the last couple of weeks are any indication of the content that we're going to have coming throughout the off season, it's going to be wild. It is. Now there may be some people that are here strictly for a dog poop discussion. <laughs> we will get to that in winners and losers, but. I can't let us derail this podcast and everything we've stood for since we started this thing. We will talk about OU football before we talk about dog poop. So let's dive into it. Latest on Caden Green. He has officially entered the transfer portal, uh, visiting Oregon and Missouri. Ted, I think the best way to say it is uh, the facts that we laid out on here Made some waves, some ripples, perhaps. Yeah, well, that's how it goes, I suppose. Um, you know, in the it's just, it's it's a weird it's a weird time because you've got like it's major news when you got a player like Kane Green jumps in the portal, but. 
there's no there's no clarity there's no there's no information and when there's a lack of information within that vacuum things go insane people get angry bullets so to speak fly online you know that's why i wish it was there was like a little bit better way to do this just because of the chaos it creates and like there's there's no news like and nobody says anything and it just i mean it's like it'd be like nfl free agency and it's not even free agency I, i that I get used to that term, but it's not what it is. It would be people under contract leaving in the middle of their contract to go somewhere else. It's just weird. Like whenever that happens and there's, you don't hear from the player, you don't hear from the team, you don't hear from where they may or may not be going. It's just, it leaves behind a wake of chaos. And within that wake, people come up with all kinds of stuff and there's anger it's not a real good way to do things. <laughs> I, it is. It's very chaotic. You're right, and there's been a lot of discussion about Caden Green and his meeting with Brent Venables, and if that's where things went wrong. It seems like there's two versions of how that meeting went. Uh, I can tell you, I Brent Venables thought that meeting went very well. So where was the disconnect there if, in fact, that's where the Green family kind of got rubbed the wrong way? I, I'm hoping that we hear from Caden Green eventually, but seems unlikely. Uh, it just, the situation, and there's no doubt we we were part of it escalating to the level that we did. Now, I I tell my two-year-old this all the time. I'm not going to apologize for telling the truth. But, yeah, it got pretty intense there for a couple days. Whoa. And this is kind of where I'm at with it. Would I love to have the details of... of, of, Would I like to hear Caden Green and his family's side of things? Absolutely. I'm sure Brent Venables would love to hear their side of things. Right? If you're a coach and... You're in a meeting, you thought it went great, and they disagreed. Like, that's information you're going to want to know. But that's that's something you can learn from. But I'm kind of to the point where, hey, what's done is done. Time to move on from this. And that's why I, I encourage all you, all OU fans to channel your time and energy into supporting the guys that would be playing in the Alamo bowl and and supporting the guys that are going to be wearing crimson and cream moving forward. But yeah, certainly got intense, man. Whoa. Yeah. Well, which I'm, Oh, you fans are passionate. I, and and I, I I know there was some discussion. There's back and forth between me and Zach Sanchez on Twitter about, well, that, you know, the fans, they they don't get to say anything. I just completely disagree with that. Like, and we can go down that rabbit hole if you want to, but it just it got really intense. And I think now that you know what's done is done. It can it can settle down, and we can focus on 
the guys that are going to be playing for OU moving forward. Yeah. Well, I I think there's a million different perspectives on on the whole situation and not not just this situation. I think this is a I, this situation kind of ties up really all of the problems that people have with college football into one like one little scenario, right? Between NIL, between transfer portal, uh, all those things. The like calendar. The calendar, all of it just combined into one. Um, so, and and not to get sidetracked on it, like, Zach Sanchez, I totally understand his perspective. And well, I think what, what people need to remember is as a player, you, as soon as you step foot into college, there becomes a us versus them uh, between like the players, the coaches in in the facility, and media and everyone on the outside, because it's viewed as everyone's critical to you and they. They're not going through what we're going through. They don't know what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. So I understand that perspective of of a player. I, I I totally get it. I totally get it. And matter of fact, I was that way forever. And just slowly over the years, being away from it and being on this side of it, you know, see it from a little bit different angle now. So I Zach Sanchez, uh, his opinion to me is – totally normal coming from that's typically how players view it because they they are they see it where it all comes in so i don't know ed i've i got no problem with the with with what he said i i mean i i i i don't agree with all of it but i don't agree with all of what anyone says typically so I, I don't have much of a problem with it you know so but that's just how it is and everyone's going to have a little bit different angle on it from where they sit in the whole situation as a fan, as a, as a media member, as a, as administrative, like there's, there's a ton of different perspectives of it. We'll, we'll definitely get Zach on here to, uh, to, to talk through all that stuff at some point, but we'll see where Caden green ends up going. Uh, I know some people that are, Part of that Missouri staff that think they've got him, but when you're going up against Oregon, good luck. I mean, good luck, Phil Knight. Phil Knight is a uh, he's a persuasive guy, so we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Either way, and there's there's no way to sugarcoat it. Like losing Caden Green sucks for Oklahoma football. Uh, the way that it all went down it is what it is. But just losing the guy that had his potential. And I, not good. This is not what you want. That's just the bottom line. From a football perspective, you can say, I've seen a lot of this. Oh, we don't need a guy with that attitude if he's going to operate that way. Well, uh, I mean, it wouldn't suck to have him. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just kind of the truth. But yeah, it's time to move on. The, the group that uh, wants him no matter what. Okay. That's the group that I'm in. Uh, do would we rather play against him next year or not? If he's at Missouri, I, I think we would rather have him 
in an OU jersey than in a Missouri Tigers jersey. But uh, hey, so some extra motivation for that I, matchup next year if he ends up at Mizzou. Up for all of the all of the content, all of the storylines going into any football game. Yeah, this storyline is going to die, and it is going to resurrect like a phoenix from the ashes when that game rolls around, if he goes there. Oh, man. Now, on the heels of the Caden Green situation, Sooners got exciting recruiting news. You know, possibly got his replacement, uh, got a commitment from Eddie Pierre-Louis, who, by the way, EPL, what an awesome nickname. That's just, that's perfect. 6'3"-ish. 320, 330-ish out of the state of Florida. Guy looks, he looks like a Bill Bean Bogart. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it, Ted. That video of him running track is incredible. This is a guy that definitely needs some technique work, uh, definitely needs to work on his body composition, but you could say that about every offensive lineman. Coming into college football, I know this. This dude looks strong as hell, and he can run. So, <laughs> no, yeah, give me crazy. all the guys. Give me all the interior offensive linemen that look strong as hell and like and look look as good as he does running. This is this is exciting news for the Sooners. It's funny because the first thing I think of whenever I saw him, uh, you know, three hundred twenty pounds stepping out, uh, going down the track, I was like. BV's gonna be like, you know, you know what he, you know where he would look good. <laughs> have, have you seen what some of these defensive tackles in the NFL are getting paid, Eddie? Oh Ed, my gosh, that would not shock me at all. But I, the the team needs needs offensive linemen desperately. Yep. Okay, so relax, BV. Don't don't think about it, man. Yeah, he looks. It, hey. When you're coming out of high school, uh, technique and stuff, especially the offensive line, is is critical because you essentially are you're you're leaving high school to go play a different sport. You know, whenever it comes to how offensive line is played and and the people that you're going to be playing against, um, I if if you could if you could like categorize or you could rank importance. Like the athletic, the size and the athleticism is number one. We're going to coach the rest of it up, right? So he's got that, like, like few I've ever seen for that age and that size. I mean, it's incredible. And get him in in a system where he's he's you know blocking the guys on the defense and working out, and uh, he looks like he's going to be hell on wheels. And mm. I don't know how he's not. I mean, he's ranked really high in like some of the uh like you got two four seven, you got right like they've got him wild ranked wildly different. And to me, like it it takes like ten seconds to say that kid's a five star. <laughs> like I don't even care if he plays football, he's a five star. He it'll be interesting to see if they can develop twitch suddenness but when you talk about his footwork a change of direction it's clear the dude can move weight and he can run fast in a straight line but the greatest offensive linemen i've ever been around were quick laterally efficient Mm -hmm. footwork 
sudden, you know, just kind of like more dynamic athletes in short spaces. If they can get, if they can get him there, dude's got every tool it takes to be a great interior offensive lineman. So we'll see what that development process looks like. I'm sure him and Jerry Schmidt are be, are going to become very acquainted uh, once he gets on campus. But big athletic humans, you you can't have too many of them. Ted, that that is you, you can't have too many of guys. Too many guys that are as powerful, as strong, and as athletic like our our man EPL. I love that nickname. I know it sounds like a weapon or something, doesn't it? Well, it's English English Premier League, so it's a big deal. Like you say EPL, <laughs> and instantly you go, "Ooh, ooh, okay, important stuff here." But Eddie Pierre Louis is also just what an awesome football name. But he well, is. Told me it's it's actually Lewis. Really? Yeah, because they were calling him Eddie Pierre Louis for like through his recruitment, and then I guess just recently. It came out that it's Lewis, like, and that's can't wildly put, disappointing. I Dang know it. you can't put Pierre in front of that and have it just be Lewis. It's it looks wrong, but I that's am. What I was told I could be wrong. I don't know. No, you you're probably right, and there are probably a lot of OU fans yelling, going, "That's not his name, dude." Which I'll completely admit, I didn't know. That's on me. That's disappointing. Dang I know. It. I feel like the. Pierre Louis has already proliferated all the way across, and it's going to be hard to rein it back in. <laughs> we are. We're doing the signing day show on on Wednesday for OU, so we'll find out then. Un- until we get clarification, I'm just going with EPL. I really oh, hope it's right. Louis and not Louis. That's so, Louis so much cooler, but you know, know it, it. the three name. Is always great, no matter what it is. But EPL, yes. it's EPL either way, so I'm all good. I like it, stud. I'm. Yeah. He's he's one of those guys that. I mean, I don't know. It's not rare, but I. It's not often that there's an interior offensive line recruit that everyone's like, "Whoo, this is going to be amazing." So that's that's kind of. That's how explosive of an athlete he is. It's a, that's a big get, too. Well, it was also the timing. Yeah. Kane Green, that whole situation goes the way that it does. There was, I, I'm going to say, a vocal minority uh, that was out there going, fire Bill Beatonbow. And I'm sitting here going, what the hell are you talking about? So you had the Caden Green situation. You had a you know, a vocal faction of the fan base going, Beatonbow's lost it. Get him out of here. And then... They land a very highly, you know, highly ranked interior offensive lineman, and everyone was dunking on everyone. It was, it was pretty funny. OU Twitter was on fire the last couple of days. Yeah, no, it's that's one way to put it. On fire, yes, I I agree. <laughs> a little unreasonable at times. It is what it is. All right, Sooners defense continues to get exciting news. Uh, Dejon Terry coming back for next season. Jacob Lacey coming back for next season. Uh, both guys, I say, I would say, had solid seasons. Uh, were they you know, huge dynamic difference makers there in the interior of the run, uh, in the interior of the defense? Were they game wreckers? No, that's not what they were. But 
they are strong veteran guys that have played a lot of football that can hold up in the trenches. And they played a bunch of snaps for this team. And now they've got another full off season to get stronger, get more explosive, understand the system better. That this is really, really good news for OU's defense, uh, not only for the Alamo Bowl, but certainly for for what that schedule looks like next season. We'll get to that, but this is, yeah, this is big time news. Yeah, and it's like, I, I don't know who's eligible, who, who's got another year, who doesn't. I Oh, no idea. I thought for I thought Deshaun Terry was done eligibility wise, so I, it was like I don't know Christmas morning. Uh, you know, I was surprised. So was like, you what? were stunned. Yes, stunned. So I, I think it's awesome. He's got great size. Um, I think he I think he had a real solid season and one that he can improve on. Jacob Lacey obviously was he he was really limited because of the health issues. I weren't sure that they were ever even going to be able to get him back with, with what he, he was going through. Was it the blood clots or something? Um, when he came back, he had some really nice flashes. He's, he's not like a, he's not a gigantic guy, but there's some, there's some flashes in there where he plays with tremendous pad level. Uh, he comes off with some, some really nice shock. Another guy that I think, can really improve from where he is today to starting next season. And again, I, I mean, I I don't think we're talking about all conference guys in the SEC, but these are good, solid players that you have to have in rotation. Have to. I, I I'm with you, and I think uh, there was, I guess, some discussion about whether these guys were going to come back. This is undoubtedly the right choice for them. And I'm sure it didn't hurt that your two All-Americans on the defense are also coming back. So I'm sure there's a bit of a domino effect there for the rest of the guys that were making decisions. But I I look at these two guys, and I only expect them to be better next season, especially Lacey. You got to remember, you know, summer training camp, he's worrying about whether he's going to play football again. I mean, so he's not focusing on keeping his weight up, getting his technique right, like all that stuff. But he's just worried about his health. Mm -hmm. I mean, blood clots are no joke. So now, hopefully, he's got an entire offseason to add some more good weight, right, to get stronger because, yeah, he – he doesn't he doesn't look the part. He does not. But he plays better than he looks. Mm -hmm. I mean, going back to some of the in the weeds breakdowns we had this season, we talked about Jacob Lacey a lot in a lot of those key plays. So I am I'm excited to see what he can be next year. Like you mentioned, I don't I don't think all of a sudden he's gonna be first team all SEC, but he's a guy that you can trust to put out on the field and to hold up in the interior and, and to make a few plays. And I think that applies to him and to Deshaun Terry, but hopefully both of those guys take their play to another level with another off season. Um, that, that is my expectation. 
Totally agree. Totally agree. And I know people are excited about some of the young guys that we have coming in, but I, you know how I am. I, if, if you get, if you get like solid full season rotational play from those, any of those freshmen, like my guess is what we've got three D linemen coming in. My guess is you'll get probably solid play, solid rotational play for half a season from one of the three. That's like, that's kind of the odds. Now, anything more than that is going to be a bonus. And there may be all three play and play great for the entire season. That's what I'm hoping for. But, you know, there's a big learning curve, the physical demands. It's a long season. We see a lot of hitting the freshman wall and disappearing just because of the long grind of it. But, like, you've got to have the veteran guys that are calloused, that have been through long seasons, um, and bring some leadership to that group. So I think it's awesome they're staying. Yeah. David Stone, Nigel Smith, Jaden Jackson uh, in this recruiting class. Stone is the one you look at and you go, okay. With his athleticism, his twitch, can he be a guy that brings some pass rush to the interior? Because there's just no doubt that was lacking mm -hmm. for this defense. I mean, they had very little pass rush, like guys being able to get on edges. Laulu showed some flashes. And, I, man, I, you talk about a guy I wish had another season. But he is stone when, when you just watch his highlights. I, I'm hopeful that he can bring that element to things. Now, will he be able, as a true freshman, to hold up down in and down out with this SEC schedule that the Sooners have? I, I don't know. But if he can be a situational guy in the interior that brings you a, a little twitch to you know that three-technique spot, that would, that would be awfully helpful. No, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I think all three of those guys have some tremendous upside. And Jaden Jackson may be the sleeper of the group. I I saw David Stone said he thinks he's the best defensive lineman in the country. So I he plays with the guy. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Seems it's it's not a bad thing that he's saying that. I'll say <laughs> there you go. It's not right. a bad thing. I, I agree. I'd rather him say something like that instead of, ah, hey, you know, he's okay. No, he, and he looks the part, and he looks strong, and I don't know, exciting, exciting group. Yeah, and those guys will sign on Wednesday. That will be very exciting, but still wouldn't mind them adding some more experience on the interior of the defensive line out of the portal. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. We do have an update on the All-American wall. Mm. Was informed. Neither Stutzman nor Bowman qualified for the wall. So our, our congratulations was premature. Our fault. You have to make a first team on one of the five All-American teams recognized by the NCAA. So something for those two guys to shoot for in 2024. We, we are hoping to welcome you gentlemen to the wall. Go no get concerns. it done. Let's go. I've got no concerns. They'll make it. I think both guys will make it. 
think Billy Bowman, at a minimum, will be a finalist for the Thorpe. And I think Stutzman, at a minimum, will be the finalist for the Budkus. Both make All-American. That's my early prediction for next season. Love that. Only other thing on that, turns out the Stutzman caption was about a Dodge Challenger, not the airplane. That's on us. We're old. Please forgive us. Honestly, I didn't know a Dodge Challenger was still a thing. I mean, that's that's on me, but uh, our apologies to the college football caption king. That's uh, that's our bad. We got uh, so many responses about that. YouTube comments, Twitter, just everywhere. He's talking about the car. He's talking about the car. He's talking. I was like, okay, got it. Messed up. That's on us. We're not above admitting our mistakes on here. Okay. It makes sense that Stutzman's not well versed in the uh, in the business jet world yet. <laughs> right? Yet, right? Yet. <laughs> the portal giveth and it taketh. Got some more portal action for the Sooners, but first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide ten cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Love's Connect app unlocks exclusive deals can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Love's Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Love's Travel Stops. Love's always says you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with their expanded mobile-to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hamori. The Land Doctors have a 120-acre property for sale in East Norman, located just 10 minutes from campus. This completely wooded property sits at the intersection of East 120th Street and Tecumseh Road. If you're looking for a quiet place to go spend time in the outdoors or a nice little hunting spot on the outskirts of town, this place is for you. There are also development and business opportunities with this property as well. Call Colton Cole to schedule a private showing, 405-615-7645, or shoot him an email at colton at landdoctors.com. And celebrate with a Schooner All-American Ale, the official craft beer of OU Athletics from Coop Ale Works. Named after the iconic Sooner Schooner that races across Owen Field after an OU score, you can join in on the celebration with an ice-cold beer from Coop Ale Works. You can join it at the Palace on the Prairie at OU Athletics events at the bar at the tailgate and in the comfort of your own home. For more information on Schooner All-American Ale, visit SchoonerAle.com. Must be 21 to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Schooner All-American Ale, the taste of game day. Transfer portal updates. UT Martin running back Samuel Franklin has committed to Oklahoma. He had nearly 1,400 yards rushing this season, 11 touchdowns. Ted, when you saw the news, what do you think? Well, not shocked. Um, I figured running back was going to be one of the top positions that they were going to be attacking and, and looking for in the portal. Um, so wasn't surprised that that they had a guy, um, you know, haven't seen a whole lot from him. Uh, you know, you do wonder coming from a different division. Some of it is like the yards and statistics are probably something that you can't really use to translate across. Um, and, you know, just seeing some clips and some highlights. I mean, he's got some really long runs. So, you know, he's he's kind of a home run threat, probably has some really nice speed. Um, you know, I, I would say, honestly, like, I don't know that he stands out 
in any one area. Like size, he's, you know, kind of fits right there in your your very average size-wise for a running back. Um, I Explosiveness, like whenever you see some of the long runs, you've got to think that that's probably a plus with him. But, you know, I, I'm not blown away yet. We'll see. We'll see what happens whenever he gets in here to Oklahoma. But um, I I think that we still, and I think Sawchuck really came on strong at the end of the season, but we we need to improve at running back dramatically before next season. And now whether that comes from within or comes from Franklin and the transfer portal or, or uh, you know, we got signing day coming up. We got a really good running back that's, that's supposed to sign here. Like where it comes from, I don't know, but we we have to massively improve at running back no doubt about it and i went on youtube and found every clip i could find of samuel franklin and i sent you all of them and the first thing he the guy runs hard he runs hard i there are a couple runs early they played georgia as you can imagine that game did not go well for ut martin but they they played Georgia early in the season, and he had a couple nice runs early, and he was getting up and talking some serious trash to all these guys from Georgia. And that was one of those situations where I was like, okay, I like that. I, I don't mind a running back with some fire, but with what I was able to find, he did not display an ability that I think that'll, that what the, the biggest issue we've had at running back in one-on-one situations, he wasn't making a bunch of guys miss. And, and that has been, that has been the biggest issue. These last couple seasons is running backs one-on-one with safeties, one-on-one with linebackers, one-on-one with corners. They just, we have not had enough broken tackles in those situations. We haven't been able to make enough guys miss in those situations, and that has been a big issue, and I think that has held the running game back as a whole. I'm not saying that Franklin can't be a productive back. I I absolutely think he can. Uh, he, he gets downhill. He doesn't waste any time at all. He is not a guy that is dancing back there. No, he, he pipes it downhill. I am all about a guy that plays that way at the running back position, but you have to have guys – that can embarrass defenders in space. And I just don't know if he's that type of guy, but I I don't see him coming in and running wild in the SEC or anything like that. But he seems like a guy that you're going to be very comfortable putting out there in any situation, like just a solid all around back. But is he the home run hitter? Does he have the twitch, the shake that I was hoping he was going to have when I was tracking down the clips? Not exactly. Yeah. And I, it's, it's a position that I think right now is really holding us back uh, to be, to be honest about it. If if you want to be, especially I, the the schedule we're about to play next year, 
we can't be a, a I would say right now we are middle of the road at best at running back compared to the the SEC and you could probably say that and compare it to the Big 12 right now and that is not where we typically are whenever you think about you go back for the last if you just want to talk about the last 25 years um Quentin Griffin Adrian Peterson DeMarco Murray Samaje Joe Mixon Rodney Anderson I mean like these guys are explosive best in the country type of players at running back. And it just so happens to line up whenever we've had our best teams, right? So it's a huge part of the offense. I don't know where it comes from. Does it come from within? Does it come from the portal or does it come from high school recruitment? I don't know where, but it like, we have to have a running back that people fear. We have to. All I want, and I'm with you. It could be Tatum coming in as a true freshman. Uh, maybe Sawchuck makes a huge jump. Which is possible. Which is possible. But, and this is going to sound so stupid, but I want there to be more situations where we are on the broadcast during the game where I have to turn my mic off because I'm about to cuss with because of a move that a running back just made. Like, oh, holy, that's mm -hmm. what I want. And you you think about this season. I mean, think how how many moments were there like that from a running back? Tommy Walker ran the guy over from Cincinnati. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. So I want more situations where a running back is one-on-one -on -one with someone in space and embarrasses him. We need those type of players. Yeah. OU needs to have those type of players. And that's why you you look at the Tommy Walker situation. He's in the portal. He's practicing. I, I don't know if he's going to play in the Alamo Bowl or not. I'm not sure anyone knows at this point. But Venables talked about it after practice the other day. He's going to explore his options in the portal, and he's he's welcome to come back. And some people look at that and go, "What? What's going on there?" I think it's I think it's pretty simple. Tawi was great for this team this season, but is he a dynamic game changing back? The answer to that is no. And you have to view your roster like an NFL roster. You've got your eighty five spots now. Do I think Tawi Walker is a Scholarship level running back, absolutely. But when you are allocating scholarships and allocating NIL dollars, running back, if you are going to give a guy a scholarship, and especially if you're going to give a guy big NIL money, he better be a dude now. Just think about how that position is valued now in the National Football League. So that's where... I think Tawi Walker would come back to OU if he got a scholarship. I think that's all he wants. But I can understand the staff looking at the entire situation, the entire roster, and going, okay, we've got a lot of scholarship running backs. I, I mean, we just can't have eight scholarship running backs. Yeah. Especially if we're going to give scholarships to running backs, they need to be 
dynamic difference makers. So I, I kind of understand what's going on there, but it also is just, it just makes you realize where the team is at that position. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's not an easy spot and it's not an easy spot for the coaching staff to be in because I, I, I would assume like in a perfect world, it would be an easy decision. Of course, uh, you're, you, you, you're worth a scholarship here and we'd love to have you on the roster, but because of the, because of like the need and the numbers, it just has created this, I like just the circumstance is not great. Hopefully somehow it all works itself out and we end up getting everything that we need. Uh, you can find a scholarship for Tawi. You find, hopefully maybe your, your freshman coming in is, is a, is a game changer. I, I don't, I don't know how the whole thing is going to unfold. All I know is that we must get way better at running back. It is a must. Running back, tight end. Both. A must. We'll see. We'll see how it develops. Okay, last OU thing. Schedule set, baby. 2024. Seeing it on paper makes it very real. Makes it feel very close. Uh, week one, that game's going to be August 31st. Temple in Norman. Week two, Houston in Norman. Week three, Tulane in Norman. First SEC game will be September 21st against Tennessee. That is going to be a lot of fun. Then Auburn at Auburn. Week five, week six, bye before Texas on October 12th. That'll be the week seven matchup there in the Cotton Bowl. Week eight, South Carolina and Norman. Uh, then you get a trip in week nine to Oxford, Mississippi to take on Ole Miss. Week 10, Maine. We get the we get the November cupcake game. Look at that. We oh, are man. we are definitely an SEC team. Look at us. <laughs> We'll week be thankful 11. for it by, by then, too. Yeah. Well, week 11 is a, a trip to Columbia to take on Missouri. Week 12, bye. And that bye comes before one hell of a finish to the season. Alabama coming to Norman on November 23rd. And then the Sooners finish up at LSU. Woo! Woo! What stood out to you when it when when it came out? What stood out to you most, Ted? I the end, the the last no game of the season stood out, and I absolutely love the schedule. I love it, love it. Uh, I think it's awesome. I I think the non con is laid out perfectly. Um, Temple, Houston, Tulane. Temple, not very good. Houston, that's a that's a power five football game. They're going to have a new coach. That's really good. Um, that's going to be a nice little test. Tulane is 
I will see the remnants that Coach Fritz left there at Tulane, but that's another. You know, they're about to play in a in a big time bowl game, and there's going to be some players left over there. I'm sure. So, are they going to be as good? I don't know, but it's a good, strong lead up. Not too strong, but a good, strong lead up into your first SEC game against Tennessee. Storylines galore for that football game. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that. Um, but really, overall, I love how it's kind of sectioned out. You know, we've got the first group of games, and then you get a bye week to regroup. Then you you have Texas. You got that second group of games, and then throw Maine in there as a little bit of a a, a time to maybe get some starters back a little bit or something. And uh, th- it's maybe a bye. Play. It's another bye. We don't have to pretend yeah. it's not. Yeah, you 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 can play. M- maybe your starters play a half or something like that. Um, it's it's an, a lighter week, and then you got a bye week before you end the thing with the bang. I just I love how it's sectioned out. I love the road trips in there. I love the big games. I think it's awesome. It is. It's awesome. It's awesome to just look at it on paper. I stared at it for entirely too long. Just a bunch of big names, right? The it's, name. It just feels different, man. It, it just means more. But I do really like the fact that the first road trip is Auburn. Auburn's going to be a much better team next season than they were this season. But there is going to be a – there's just going to be an adjustment period to what road trips are going to be like now. It's a different world going on the on the road in the SEC as compared to going on the road in the Big 12. And Auburn, Jordan Air Stadium, I heard that place is awesome. But all things considered – if that's your first road trip, like your first taste of it, I don't think Auburn's going to be a, you know, top five football team or anything like that. So I, I think it's a nice blend of, oh, this is what this is going to feel like, but also having, you know, you're going to be on the field against a team that you are better than. So I'd like that combination. You get to feel that SEC environment and all the weight that comes with it, but also you're lining up against a team that, you feel like you're better than I solid combination for your first sec road trip. Here's what's great. And I agree with you. Every sec team you play next year, except for South Carolina has a chance to be a top 10 team. Damn it. You're probably right. Well, a lot of them are there right now, <laughs> you know? Um, but he, he, Auburn is, you can tell that it's boiling under the surface there, right? You Hugh Freeze can coach, man. He just, think what you want about the guy. Uh, I know he made some mistakes in right. his past. Guy can coach. He He's yep. going to get them right. It's coming. It's coming. They with almost Auburn. beat Bama this season. They should have yep. beat Bama. Now, Missouri, is, is this a one-off? I don't know, but that's 10 and two football team right now. Say what you want. Okay. Um, and they've got, they've got more, they're recruiting better and better as things go along. We know LSU this year didn't, didn't end up doing what 
what a lot of people thought they were going to, but that's LSU. LSU can come out and like, that's how they do it is a couple that's LSU's a wave, right? And it's been a little bit, the wave is coming. I don't know at what point it's going to come roaring back, but it will. So I, it's, I'm thrilled with it. I can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome. Is it going to be difficult? Absolutely. Um, is there a potential that next season, I record-wise, is not good? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a really strong potential of that. There's also potential of, of just um, a special season that we haven't had in a long time. So I, I love it. I There's also the potential for this. And sometimes when I'm looking at a schedule, I think of the weirdest things. Check the calendar. Thanksgiving next year is November 28th. Can you imagine if OU beats Alabama and we all get to sit around the Thanksgiving table and talk about it? And you got LSU coming up next? That just... I don't even know. I don't even know if the families in the state of Oklahoma can handle that. That would be, ah, please, please. That would just be so incredible. But uh, I saw something from our buddy, Bill Conley. So according to this year's SP plus rankings to end the regular season, remember SP plus is his metric for, for ranking teams. OU has the seventh toughest schedule in the country next season. Now there's there's clearly going to be a a lot of change with all the roster movement that goes on now in college football. But the reason I bring that up it is a it's a pretty solid indicator of what OU is about to see and experience in 2024 and sink or swim man you you better play well or you're right, Ted. You better play well, or it could look that that loss column can rack up quick. But can't be scared, baby. Let's go. This is what we signed up for. Come on. There's no doubt about it. And what the what what your schedule looks like definitely affects how a team prepares in the offseason. Hundred percent. And I think that. The players in that facility are going to see that, and I, I, I just I know that it's going to change the overall, like the stature and the and the seriousness and and the way that locker room handles themselves and the way that they prepare prepare throughout the season. At least it better, All right? Because um, I don't know. I love it. I think it's going to be awesome. And I've said this over and over and I'll, I'll continue to say it until it's proven wrong, maybe right out of the gate. But I believe that Oklahoma is at its best whenever it is challenged the most, whenever the conference that it plays in is the best, whenever the schedule is the toughest, that's whenever we typically rise and play our best football. And like I, I've continued to say, I, I've got no, Big 12 was great. We're moving on from it. But the last decade, I think, lulled this fan base, this team to sleep with the matchups, 
sleepy road games, 11 o'clock kicks, sleepy home games, play an entire season and maybe face one, two fringe top 25 teams. It just, it took the edge away from this football team and this football program. That's going to have to be back. And that's why I'm so excited because I think this schedule is going to do exactly that. It's going to bring the edge back. And that's whenever we're going to, it's when we're going to start bouncing back in a big way. I like it. All right. Let's get to call your shot. We asked you guys the most important thing to happen for OU football this week. Uh, there was a lot of, lot of EPL responses. Also, a lot of responses about Dejon Terry and Jacob Lacey. We covered that, but I, I want to hit this one from Pearly D26, who says EPL seems pretty significant given the questions about the offensive line, but I think having Rouse and Matoyer play for the bowl game is good for continuity and culture. Absolutely. Uh, I completely agree with our man, Pearly D. That is, I, I loved what McKay Matoyer said. He's not going to leave Jackson Arnold out to dry out there. He's going to go out there and play football. And and Rouse has, you know, Rouse has an NFL future. He's going to get a shot. You know, I, I think he's a draftable player. So for those two guys to say, you know what? We're sticking around. And that's nothing against Guyton and Rame, who, by the way, congrats, boys. Both got Senior Bowl invites. That's big time. Can't wait to watch them down in Mobile. That's going to be awesome. I know they're going to kill it. But for Rouse and Matoyer to look at the situation and go, no, 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 we're playing. I am. I, I appreciate those two guys. Those are two guys that have played a lot of football. And for them to go out there and to realize that this team needs them, and then they get to strap the OU helmet on one more time. Uh, the fact that they're doing it, I appreciate those boys a lot. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, let me ask you this. What do you think the starting five is going to look like? Oh, boy. I think it makes – I'll be really surprised if it's anyone but Rouse and Sexton at tackle. And you mm -hmm. would think naturally Rouse is going to be your left tackle, Sexton's going to be your right tackle. The interior is where it gets, it becomes an interesting conversation. I know this. They don't have that established right now. Is so, Troy Everett hurt? Or I, That's, yeah, it's, and by the way, what's up, Mr. Everett? Thanks for listening to the podcast. He reached <laughs> out. He sent something really cool. Basically, like, we knew Bo was, was going to be hard on Troy. That's why we sent him there. It was pretty great. <laughs> Appreciate you, Mr. Everett. But I... I think he's their best option at center if he's healthy. Because I, I really do. I, I saw some things from him at guard this year where I went, hmm, that looks like a guy that can play center at a pretty high level. So I think if he is healthy enough, he's going to go. Now, if he's not, that's where things get real interesting. Do you play Matoyer at center? Do they trust Josh, Josh Bates enough who... I don't even know if he's played a snap this year. They is that is that the situation you want to throw a true freshman who hasn't played at all in? And Arizona's got some strong physical dudes on the interior of their defensive line. 
I'm not going to act like it's a great situation, Ted, on the interior. It's not. <laughs> got to figure it out. Got to piece it together. And is Schaefer, he was banged up at the end of the season, too. You got to imagine he's healthy enough by now. Okay. So can he bump over and play left guard? But we'll see. I know this. Beatenbow's going to try all kinds of different combinations, and they may not know till the day of that football game what it's going to look like. But we'll see, man. I I don't know. I, yeah. I think it's Sexton and Rouse. Matoyer's going to be out there for sure somewhere. But it the and left guard rotation of of guys Taylor, um, Caleb Schaefer. Ever, I mean, you may see a rotation of guys playing some different spots in there. Yeah, maybe they kick Taylor into the inside just for this, even though they view him as a tackle. They think his best position is tackle. Maybe they kick him inside. And Matoyer, he can play left guard. Mm -hmm. I mean, that guy can, I think he can play any one of the three spots in the interior. I want to see Everett play center. I really do because I, th I think that's his position. And I think he's got a good opportunity to be the starting center next season. I mean, him and Bates and whoever else ends up in the fold is going to, they're, they're going to battle that out. But I, I want to see Everett play center in this game if he's able to, but yeah, we'll see, man. It is a, a bit of a mystery. Well, Hey, um, we get a chance to learn about some guys we did last year in the bowl game, right? Whenever we had Absolutely. To a, a piece together offensive line and they performed pretty good considering it's where the Savion bird hype was born. That's right. And, well, uh, let's not talk about that now. <laughs> I'll say that Arizona doesn't know who it's going to be. What a competitive advantage for the Sooners. How about that? Yeah. Silver lining, right? There is some truth to that, though, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that whenever we preview it. But there is some unknown for them going in, what we're going to throw at them offensively, not just personnel-wise. I Scheme, everything. It's going to be cool. You mentioned when we break it down. So just a little podcast schedule update. We'll have a new episode on Wednesday night, right? Because we have to do the signing day coverage for OU in the morning. So we'll record something. It'll be out later Wednesday night. We are not going to record on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Sorry. We will have our our Alamo game, Alamo Bowl game preview will be out on the morning of the 26th. At least that's what we're shooting for. And I believe our buddy Cole Kublik, who will be on the TV broadcast for the Alamo Bowl, is going to join us to break down that game. So that is that's going to be a fun little little schedule update for everyone. Also, we'll get you a recap of the Alamo Bowl. We're just not sure at what point in time that's going to come. <laughs> We have uh, been a bit of a, a wrinkle thrown our way when it comes travel to travel, the travel situation, get back from the Alamo Bowl. But let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first, John Vance Auto Group has a deal for Oklahoma Breakdown listeners. Go to any of their nine full-service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. Tell them we sent you, and they'll give you $500 off. That's $500 off just because you listen to this podcast been serving Oklahomans for 40 years, family owned and operated no matter what your vehicle needs are. John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way. 
You can find all the information about their lifetime loyalty program, browse their entire inventory, and find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And attention business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. It's the perfect spot to watch any big game. And with all the garage locations being open to 10 p.m. or later every night, it's the go-to late-night spot. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Thought about going with Aaron Rodgers, medically cleared next week. What? Is it going to happen? Yes, no. Why would they ever put him out there? I don't know. I don't know, but I want to see it as long as I can be guaranteed he doesn't injure it again. I can't. The Achilles stuff, for whatever reason, of all the injuries makes me the most like squeamish. A guy breaks his leg in half. It's pointing the wrong way. You're like, okay, yeah, get the card out. Let's go. Guy tears his Achilles and you go, oh. Yeah, because it just, I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. That's that's going to be interesting to see it unfold. And if he plays, if he doesn't, what does the future hold? But, man, OU men's hoops, undefeated. We got a big one coming. They get past Green Bay. Um, get past? It, well. That was, a, that was a complete destruction. Now, it was a good game for about 15 minutes. Right. It, and then the onslaught came. I guess when I say get past, did not shoot the three well. I so we scored a bunch of points, but it was not their best performance. Um, and you know, I I can understand that to a degree, but still undefeated, fringe top ten. You know, I I thought whenever I saw they were ranked eleven, just because of how quickly everything's happened, I was like, is are we really eleven? Are we too high? Is are we getting ahead of ourselves here? And I've talked to a couple of people that know it way better than I do, and they say they're shocked they're not higher. So well, buckle up, buddy, because and the North Carolina Kentucky game was awesome. It was. That was cool. But OU's gonna be ranked ahead of North Carolina when they play that game. Yep. I'm I that which sounds weird coming out of my mouth. But OU is going to be the higher-ranked team in that game. Yep. Yep. And I I can't wait to watch the matchup, um, learn more about it a little more as we get closer to it. I don't even know what I think about it just yet, but uh, it's going to be awesome. It's great to have this this team rolling like they are. It's gearing up to be just an incredible final season in the Big 12 for this Hoops team. Uh, I'm with you. I watched – the majority of that Green Bay game, Green Bay, not a fun team to watch. They play so slow offensively. But 
one of the things I was most impressed with was OU didn't allow them playing that slow to take away from the pace that they wanted to play at. Yeah. Like once they got the ball, it was let's go. And, and they, I, I loved how fast that they played. Now, of course, they looked really fast compared to some of the guys from Green Bay. That's just not a bunch of great athletes on that team, but they did such a good job of just getting to the rim at will, blowing by guys. I mean, Oway was really good finishing at the rim. Jalen Moore, maybe it's the pink shoes. I don't know, but that dude's got bounce. He moves mm-hmm. like an NBA player. There's also part of me that's like, can he add about 20 pounds, play tight end? What, what, what's the situation here? But I just like watching him. Uh, but this is McCollum had a quiet night, quiet night, yeah. but this team, they are so much more talented athletically than they have been the last couple of years. It was a tough watch the last couple of seasons. And it's, it's just fun watching these guys play. It's yeah. awesome. I agree. And I, it's, it's going to, it just changes the whole kind of dynamic of of what this what this season's gonna be like. It's gonna be tough, man. It's it's I if I if you could guarantee right now that they're one of the ten best teams in all of college basketball, if you could just say that, it still it makes this season is still gonna be brutally difficult. Right? That's just kind of how how the schedule is. But it's gonna be fun, man. It really is. I'm I'm just thrilled. Can't wait. Excited about it. Back to where I'm Checking the schedule. Can't wait to see when the next game is. Uh, I'm the exact same way. This is, and this is something I was talking talking to my wife about the other day. This is as excited as I've been for OU basketball in a long time. It's exciting, man. And I feel uh, you can feel that from the fan base. Like all, yeah. all these people that typically only hit me up talking about OU football, like, we're talking some OU hoops, man, and it is it's fun. It's fun. Like you said, there are gonna be some bumps in the road. Once conference play starts, the Big 12 is loaded. But it, it's what you want. It's what you want. And OU's gonna knock some teams off this year. They are. They're gonna win some big games this year. And it's gonna be a lot of fun. I I, I cannot wait. For the ride, and we are working diligently to get Porter Moser on the podcast. If we could get him on right before that North Carolina game, would not suck. But we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna try our best to get Porter on here. Yeah, but he is—he's excited. We're excited. Everyone's excited. OU hoops. Who knew? Squad. Yeah, it's fun and it's perfect timing, man. Uh, ramp this thing up before we head to the SEC because I believe that if we can get our basketball program into a good spot, we can we should be one of the better programs year in year out in the SEC. I love it. All I right, think who it has, you gives your... us a chance to grow. Yeah. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the weekend? This is just a simple one, and I know it in the. In the grand scheme of things, it's a drop in the bucket for these guys, but Mahomes and Andy Reid fined for uh, complaining about the officials. That's what you get for complaining about something that everyone in the world could see clearly happened. 
and <laughs> complain that they shouldn't call something that is clearly a penalty is going to cost you money. It's just plain and simple. Um, save save your rants for an actual bad call. That's all I've got on this one. That's it. That is, I, I think that's a fair assessment of the situation. Now, what Andy Reid got fined a hundred grand. Yep. And Mahomes fifty. And Mahomes, he he has come out and said, "Hey, I can't do that. Got to be a role Here's model for kids." He yeah. he said all the right things. You know, I can't can't act that way. You know, just love the game, love my team. Almost, he should have just said, "Hey, guys, Tiger got out of the cage." That's on me. <laughs> yeah, that's on me. It. We've all we've all been there. But yeah, I'm with you. He was offsides. He's lined up offsides. Now, does that happen more often than people think? Yeah, probably. Typically, you get a warning. The it would not be a big deal if Travis Kelsey wouldn't made such a cool play. That's it. That's see. That's the, that's what's so funny about it is, like the flag happens at the beginning of the play. You don't pick it up because the result was kind of cool, you know. I, <laughs> had the official known that that was going to happen, he would probably say, like in a perfect world, I, if I could, if I knew a result of a play, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't throw it. He, I mean, he probably still does. At least he should, but I don't know. It was just funny to see Mahomes and then the Kansas City fan base in unison follow behind and be like, you should, I mean, yes, it's a penalty, but you shouldn't throw it. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's funny. I, I loved the Photoshop of him. <laughs> People kept moving him further and further down the field. Oh, I, pretty funny. My, my thing, my, one of my favorite ones was where they just removed Kadarius Tony entirely. <laughs> it's great. Uh, now, uh, we're recording this before they play the Patriots. Uh, Patriots don't want to win that game. So mm. I think that the uh, the Chiefs are going to bounce back nicely uh, this weekend. But yeah, there are some people out there saying, oh, this makes them look at Mahomes differently. Oh, he's not the guy that everyone... Uh, shut up. The dude, the dude lost it in one moment. I mean, it's been an interesting season for him. Just, it's not that big of a deal. Just move on. Like, oh, I lost respect for Patrick Mahomes because of this. What? He's like, other than Steph Curry, he's like the most likable superstar ever. Yeah. So he, I, you, you can just, miss me with all that. That's, he just got that, that's a little up. much. I, I would prefer a guy be like that because it shows that he's clearly invested and I wants to win other than someone that's just kind of mailed it in. You know, I, I got no real problem. I think it was funny. <laughs> it yeah, was it was like, definitely funny. It was hilarious. <laughs> like, wait a second. The guy's off sides, man. Like you can't, I, I don't know. It's not, it's not like eat the whistle at the end of the, an NBA game on the scrum in the paint for a putback, right? 
I, that's not what this is. The guy is lined up offsides. You have to call it if you see it. So I don't know. I just I thought it was funny. And I know the 150,000 between those two is nothing, but it's still pick your battles. I like it. All right, let's get to my winner and loser of the weekend. But first... Elevate your tailgate with Chapel Supply and Equipment, Oklahoma City. Chapel Supply and Equipment has generators and inverters on hand that'll give you all the power you need so you can take your tailgate to the next level. They've also got top-of-the-line heaters to keep you warm during those cold tailgates later in the season. They're Oklahoma-owned and operated. Elevate your tailgate by calling 405-495-1722 or visit chapelsupply.com. That's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L supply.com. And First Fidelity Bank knows how to keep fans like you happy. With more than 50 awards in the last five years, including Forbes Best in State Bank, the Oklahoma's Community Choice Awards, and the Journal Records Reader Rankings, it is clear that they are Oklahoma's number one pick for quality banking. And you can find that level of outstanding service in everything FFB offers. Open an account at an award-winning bank today at ffb.com. First Fidelity Bank, we go where you go. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSS, AA athletics, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And head to opolisclothing.com for our podcast merchandise and the best OU gear out there. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com and use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. All right, for my winner of the weekend, thought about going with the Detroit Lions, uh, especially Jared Goff. What, five touchdown <laughs> passes? They They have not been playing their best ball lately. Had the loss to the Bears last week. Got right against the Broncos on Saturday night. My goodness. Uh, Goff was really good. Their their skill players are so fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Jameer Gibbs, Laporta, the tight end, had a big-time game. That run game was cooking 42-17. That is – that's a nice win for our former employer. 10-4. and four. The Detroit Lions are 10-4. and four. 10 and four and no sign of slowing down. Just a good all around football team. They got skilled players. Um, you know, I Goff is he's doing a really good job of distributing the football to to the playmakers and letting them go. I mean, he's not blowing your socks off with with any like, you know, just unbelievable playmaking ability. He's just he's playing a good, solid, uh, having a good, solid season. And they're good offensively and defensive, man. Defense is, is really good, too. Fun to watch. Happy, man. Love them. But my winner of the weekend, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to Thursday night, got to figure out a way to win in Sacramento. It has been an issue for a while now, but... It is what it is because they went to Denver and beat the Nuggets on Saturday night. 118-117. Just an awesome finish by the Thunder. They were down 10 with 
six minutes to go. And, and on a night where he struggled shooting early, Shea goes to work, right? Gets the rebound. Mark Dagnall doesn't call timeout. They exchange a glance. You got this. Goes down, gets to his spot, spins in the middle into the fadeaway and buries it. Beautiful game winner. Ted, I love this team. Let's go. Yep. You had to figure it was going to be a win one, lose one over the the Sacramento-Denver uh, two games, but you figure you win in Sacramento and lose in Denver. So to flip those, it's all it all in evens out, right? It it, it feels better. Out. It yeah. feels better. Yeah, it feels better. But yeah, and, and Denver was hitting big shots late in that game. Uh, had some dunks, hitting some tough jumpers, everything. It it felt like they had a couple of what you would call daggers, but no, Thunder just kept responding. And it was it was really, really impressive. Chet Holmgren, there's just no doubt he's going to be the rookie of the year. He's getting and better and better and better. He he was such a difference maker on the defensive end. And he, he had some great things. So he did some really nice things offensively, but ends up with 17 points, 11 rebounds, and nine blocks. Uh-huh. Just missed out. That's awesome. Uh, it, he he was huge in the third quarter. Had some big plays late in the fourth. That block against Aaron Gordon late in the fourth was awesome. Uh, caught an alley oop. Like he just he continues to get better and better. And he is he's everything I was hoping he would be. And and the three he's going to find it. I'm not worried about it. The, those are going to start falling for me. He's a good shooter, but he is. He's just such a game changer for them on the defensive end. And then I don't, where's SGA right now in the pecking order of the league? Top five? It's gotta be, right? He had 25, eight, and six. I mean, he is a true MVP candidate now. Thunder fans at home games, you can do the MVP chant and not look ridiculous. He yeah. is a legitimate top two, top three, top four MVP candidate this season. And if they keep winning games, man, that is that is in the realm of possibility. Now, you never know what's going to happen with the other teams. Maybe a guy ends up having just an incredible back half of the year or something like that. But if he stays healthy, the MVP... It, that that is not out of the realm of possibility for J- Shea Gilgis Alexander. He can do it. I mean, he's Crazy, that right? good now. Crazy. Um, you you got to like. It's kind of a good time for the MVP too, because there's probably going to be there's like a little bit of fatigue maybe at the top, and maybe some hunger for for some new blood and when you got a like a thunder team that's kind of shot out and kind of in a sense taking the league by storm with where they sit right now may have a legitimate shot at it depending on how things go you're right i mean uh, clearly you've got to have they probably have to finish they probably have to finish like in the top three in the west right agreed yeah you got to win a lot of games too yeah yeah 
but there could be some Jokic fatigue. People people aren't going to forget what Giannis tried to do running in the lo- locker room to get that ball. Which that entire what the hell? That's what's going to cost Giannis the MVP. Trying to go <laughs> get that ball after scoring what sixty four points. But yeah, I think yeah last year. I talked about him having, it was early in the season too. I said, hey, he's going to have a chance to lead the league in scoring. And some people thought I was very dumb for saying that. And now he didn't, but it was close. He feels he feels like a legitimate MVP candidate. I mean, he's that good. And if these other guys around him continue to step up, Jalen Williams was awesome against Denver. Had a couple of nasty dunks he did such a good job of getting to the rim and finishing had the big layup in traffic late he's struggling to shoot it from the field right he's he's struggling to shoot it from three so i love the mentality like hey i'm gonna get to the basket and he was great the oklahoma city thunder 16 and 8 as we record this they are the two seed in the west still they go on the road and beat denver with jamal murray back and they do it only hitting seven threes. Mm. Pretty damn impressive. Man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're they're not a one trick pony. They've well, that's a couple of of recent wins where they have not shot the three well at all, and still still come up with some really nice wins. And maybe the best part is the arena vote is now out of the way. Landslide. Landslide. Never forget landslide. So now we can just enjoy this team, man. That is that is no longer our concern. Locked in, baby. We're good. So now we just enjoy what these guys are doing on the court. It's gonna be gonna be a fun season. My loser of the weekend. Thought about going with maybe the rest of the SEC. Is Ole Miss just loading up on defense or what? What's going on here? I don't know. Um, Lane Kiffin has. I very uh, openly and transparently described what has gone on in college football and about how you just flat out have to have enough money to buy players. And it sounds like the Ole Miss fan base has said, okay, well, let's buy some players, (laughs) you know, and they must be. And I, I think he, people, People really like his his demeanor and the way he carries himself and, and what he does for that program. And I think players probably see it from the outside and say, that's a fun place to go play. I mean, I, I don't know. Outside yeah. of that, you know, that's I, I think that's pretty much what, what's, what's creating it here, right? Money and a, a fun environment. Yeah. I'd. I've never been to Oxford, but can't be that bad, right? Heard good things about the tailgating scene, but yeah, they got a commitment from Florida Edge Transfer Prince. Here we go. Uman Mielin. Just say it fast. Uman Mielin. Nailed it. Nice. It's got to be it. Uman Mielin. I think so. I think I nailed that, but I I watched his highlights and announcers said it like six different ways. So I would say it like the, to get the best impact out of it. I would say Uman Milan, Uman Milan, <laughs> Uman Milan. I don't know, but 
that guy can play. Talk to some guys that cover the SEC, and they're like, he's got, he's got serious twitch. He's he's a player. And then Walter Nolan is there in Oxford this weekend, who is the most coveted guy right now in the transfer portal. A lot of people think he'll be, uh, he will be headed to Ole Miss as well. So Lane Kiffin, Pink Golden, I guess, loading up on top defensive line portal talent. How about that? That's a coup, uh, Walter Nolan, getting Walter Nolan. That's that's big time. That would be uh, significant. But we typically we, we stick to sports on here. We rarely talk about anything not sports-related. But my loser of the week, end. Some of these people in my Twitter X mentions that thinks it's okay, they think it's okay to not pick their dog's poop up in public places. <laughs> So a, a story, a quick story. My wife went on a walk with my dogs and my son on Saturday. Uh, my son was walking along this path. It is a public park in our neighborhood. It's, they pumped a ton of money into it. It looks great. And hundreds of people walk along this path. And the path has dog poop bag stations and trash cans. All along it, all along it, my son's walking with my wife, gets out of his stroller, is like playing around on the sidewalk, the path, is jumping in leaves. You know, it's just, he's doing what two-year-olds do, having the time of his life until he does a nice big jump into some leaves, splat, dog poop, both shoes. Someone did not pick up their dog's poop. Remind, reminder, there are bags provided in the park. And I I voiced my frustration about this on X. And I thought it this was a universally accepted stance on this situation. If your dog poops in public, you are responsible for your dog. You pick up your dog's poop. You put it in the trash. The world keeps turning. Apparently, there are some people that disagree with this. Ted, I was stunned <laughs> at the amount of people that I got called. I got told I was privileged. I got told this. I only have this mentality because I had money growing up and I went to private school. I had a guy call me an entitled prick because of it. Someone told me I had a soft mentality. I, one guy said I shouldn't be complaining because he once saw me walking by the stadium, by the armory, and I stepped on some mulch. He was like, you walked through the watering plants. I was like, dude, I took like two steps on mulch to cut through. It's not like I was Charlie Murphy stomping on the butt. That's what? Which that was a weird one. I also had some guy that was like, "You cheated in a golf tournament in 2014." I was like, "I didn't. I didn't own golf clubs in 2014." That guy got me. I was like, "I thought he was serious." I was like, "I was racking my brain trying oh my to figure gosh. it out." I was like, "Okay, he's just messing with me." It was that one. Wow. That was maybe the worst one, accusing me of cheating on the golf course. I, I am not good enough to cheat on the golf course. I mean, there's just what do we, that. I almost lost my, uh, lost my stuff <laughs> on that one, but. Dude, there are monsters among us. 
what is happening? How is this not a universally accepted take that if your dog poops in public, you pick it up? What? Uh, it consumed my Saturday, bro. <laughs> I spent all Saturday firing off tweets to people that disagreed with me on this. It was insane. Uh, so I didn't see all of them, but I happened to see one where a guy basically said he's no longer a fan of yours. Yes. That's the same guy that called me an entitled prick. I And I am... I just don't, I don't understand what, what is, how can someone disagree with the opinion that if your dog poops in public, you pick it up. I just help me. What, what am I not understanding? Because I, I believe if your dog poops in public and you don't pick it up, you're a menace to society. I believe it should be a ticketable offense. I really do. And maybe it already is like in some cities. I had some people tell me that they live in apartment complexes where they come swab the dog's mouths. And if they find poop left in the apartment complex, they test it and then charge you like a couple hundred bucks. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. Which didn't know. And I had multiple people like, yep, my complex does that too. It's like, wow, love it. Those, those go give, give those apartment complexes some awards. Well, Here's the thing, and this is not a uh, this is not a topic that I really am uh, heavily invested in. But I will say, if it's the exact same as if like you were walking down a path and you yourself squatted and left a pile next to the path. I I don't know that there's anyone out there that would suggest that that is normal or okay or should be left there. Like, it's the same thing. It's the same result, right? So you just, just clean up the mess. That's it. It's part of being a dog owner. Right. I wish I wasn't one. Okay. Frankly, let me say that it creates way too much of a problem. It's a hassle. Part of the hassle is if you go for a walk in a public area, you got to put on the glove or take the little plastic bag or whatever it is, pick up the poop. It's part of being a dog owner. So <laughs> I, I had I'm, one guy and I'm pretty I'm sure it's the same percentage guy that, of, of people that are behind you on this. It, it is and the vast majority of people agree with me. I want to make that clear, but there are some agents of chaos out there that literally just leave their dogs poop there. What do you, I, I just want to know what's going through that person's mind? Probably. Well, Someone else will animal. get it. Well, I think it's probably, oh, this is an animal animals poop outside. This animal has pooped outside, and that's that's part of being in the outdoors. But that's just not the case. I mean, yes, animals poop outside. This is a domesticated animal that is on that public path because of you, not the dog. 
Like, I don't think people are adv- advocating picking up wild animal feces everywhere. I, that's a totally separate issue. This problem was created by you. You took the animal there. This is, I've got a few final thoughts. <laughs> First of all, I, I, FBI, CIA, whatever government entity, I did your work for you. Yeah, I, I, I have, I have helped you identify the weirdos that live among us. You think there's, there may be like a, uh, an, like a, some type of spying algorithm that swoops up comments like that and puts them, yes. puts them into a section that these people have been flagged. There's no doubt in my mind, <laughs> the people that were defending others, not picking up their dogs food. Those people are the most dangerous among us. There's a direct correlation between letting will, your dog poop in public. <laughs> they will be monitored. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. They will be monitored because it is just an insane opinion. But you are responsible for your dog. If it poops on property that does not belong to you, pick it up. It's the courteous thing to do. It's the respectful thing to do. Dog poop is not good for grass. Dog poop sitting there is not good for other dogs. Do not make someone else Pick up your dog shit because you're a lazy ass. <laughs> it is ridiculous. They're back. You bags and trash cans all along <laughs> the path, Ted. Be a productive member of society for God's sake. Uh, I have nothing else to say. It's just, it is a direct sign that the implosion is near. We can't go on like this any if, longer. If you want some entertainment, go check out my Twitter X. I did, do we call it X? I don't even know. But no. if you want to, uh, if you want to have some good, some good laughs, go check that out. Just had to talk. We had to talk about it. <laughs> birthday shoutouts. Only got one. Do you do it? You do it. Happy seventh birthday to Adeline Grace Haynes. Nice. AGH. Happy seventh. On that note, episode 380 in the books. Reminder, if you want to sponsor the podcast, please email the Oklahoma Breakdown at gmail.com. We'll get you all the details. You can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on the ref. You can hear me from 2 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have an amazing start to your week. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Pick up your dog poop, people. Pick it up. But do what you always do, Obama. Take care of each other.